The China and Africa podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Africa-China Reporting Project at Witt University in Johannesburg. The ACRP promotes balanced, considered reporting on Africa-China relations through innovative training programs held throughout the year. More information at africachinareporting.co.za. Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander. Normally, I'm joined by my co-host, Kobus Van Staden of the South African Institute of International Affairs. But today, unfortunately, we are recording early in the morning in Asia, and that would have just been an ungodly hour for Kobus to join us today. But he has submitted his questions, so you're going to hear his voice throughout the program. He just won't be here with us in person. Okay, today we're going to be talking about the TCAD Summit, and that might be a new acronym for a lot of you. Uh, That's the Tokyo International Conference on African Development. It's coming up next week in uh, Yokohama, Japan, and it is a very, very important summit on the calendar, a very busy calendar, I might add, of African summits around the world. In some ways, it is really second to the FOCAC Summit, which is China's Forum on China-Africa Cooperation. This is going to be a big deal. 54 countries and international organizations are going to be there. Some big leaders are going to be there. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is going to be there. Cameroon's Paul Bia will be among the invitees. A lot of money is going to be on the table for African development. But more importantly, one of the things that we're hearing coming out of TCAD this year is going to be an alternative to China. And some of the messaging that the Japanese government is already starting to filter into the kind of messaging bloodstream out on the internet and in the news media is that Tokyo is expected to use the conference to articulate how its approach to aid and infrastructure is different from that of the Chinese. Apparently, in the final declaration, they're going to have a concern over excessive debt. And they also want to emphasize this question of quality that Japanese-built infrastructure is higher quality than the Chinese. So in some ways, what's very interesting about the Japanese TCAD summit is that it echoes a lot of the same concerns that we hear coming out of the United States with regards to debt and regards to providing an alternative to China and their development strategy in Africa. So I wanted to get some perspective today on TCAD, China, the alternative development structures, the economics of trade between Japan and Africa, and where China fits in all this. And we have an excellent guest joining us from Japan. Jean-Claude Maswana is an associate professor of economics at the University of Scuba, which is just located about 60 kilometers outside of Tokyo. His research focuses on macroeconomics, particularly in the field of development economics. Uh, Previously lectured on development economics at two of Japan's most prestigious universities, Kyoto University and Tokyo University. And in his biography, he lists a variety of professional associations that he's a member of. And just based on this alone, you'll know why we asked Professor Moswana to join us today to talk about the upcoming TCAD Summit. Take a a listen to this. The American Economic Association, the African Finance and Economics Association, the Chinese Economist Society, and the Japanese Association of African Studies. I mean, that just represents... Everything that we want to talk about on this show. A very good morning to you, Professor Maswana. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, just a, a small correction. I'm now full professor of economics at Ritsumeikan University in Japan, started from uh, uh, last April. Wonderful. Well, congratulations. I apologize for the oversight, and uh, we're very excited to have you. Now, you're originally from 
the Democratic Republic of Congo, Correct. and you've Correct. been in Japan for quite some time. So you're very well positioned to understand the relationship between Japan and Africa. And I think let's just kind of get started with a very general overview of TCAD and why it's important and what it is. And if you could just maybe just introduce us to the TCAD summit, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it might be a good place for us to start a discussion today. Okay, well, um, the TCAD, as you rightly put it out, um, is the Tokyo International Conference on African Development. Uh, it was uh, established in 1993, uh, following the um, um, failure of development in Africa, especially uh, highlighted in the uh, um, economic crisis of the 1980s. So Japan was the first country uh, to put in place a coherent agenda of, for African development uh, in early 90s. Uh, but we have also to um, mention that uh, TCAD, uh, contrary to FOCAD, for example, the uh, TCAD is uh, co-organized with a number of international partners, although it's an initiative by Japan, but it's actually co-organized uh, with institutions such as United Nations, UNDP, the World Bank, and African Union, and, and African Development Banks, and some other institutions uh, have joined Japan to co-organize the uh, TICAD event. And then uh, this year we are um, at the uh, seventh edition of uh, TICAD, and every time uh, TCAD is uh, being held. We have a different uh, leading teams. This year, is, uh, the team is advancing Africans' uh, development through people, technology, and innovation. As you can see, uh, especially the two last concept technology and innovation, these two are some of the well-known strengths of, of Japan. And as you pointed out uh, at the beginning, Japan is trying to highlight the, uh, the difference between its cooperation and uh, the Chinese one by emphasizing the high quality of uh, its infrastructure and therefore the emphasis on technology and innovation uh, in this year uh, team. So that's, um, I think, the overview of uh, this year, Tikar, I can uh, share. Well, that's, yeah, that's very helpful. So let's talk about China because it seems like in the run-up to the conference, there's much more talk about China and Japan presenting itself as an alternative to China than there is about some of the other parts of the mission statement for what the summit's supposedly going to be about. And I, I want to bring up a, an article that came in Foreign Policy this week by Jay Berkshire Miller, who's a senior visiting fellow with the Japan Institute of International Affairs in Tokyo. And he said, Japan is taking on China in Africa. And even the Japanese foreign minister came out recently and said how he's going to talk about how Japanese infrastructure is of higher quality. And it sounds again like some of the adversarial tone that has long shaped the China-Japan relationship is now making its way into the Japan-China-Africa relationship. And I'm wondering, that that seems contradictory in one sense, because one of the things you've been talking about is how Japan and China have to try and work together and should be better at working together in Africa. So talk to me a little bit about the framing of China with respect to this year's TCAD. As I put it early, you have to remember that TCAD is co-organized 
by Japan and other international players uh, when it comes to uh, international development. And then um, when you look at the background of the, or the shift in Japan focus uh, through TCAD, you have to think of the geopolitical dynamics going, uh, or going on currently at the, the global level. Some of the um, direction taken by uh, TCAD or, or Japan are actually the, the result of the influence of uh, those institutions and countries co-organizing TCAD. And then if you look at the, the, those shifts that you have mentioned, uh, taking on China, this is not really something new. Perhaps in the past, Japan didn't want to make it obvious. But recently, if you look at the uh, stance taken by uh, key players such as United States or European Union, when it comes to China involvement in Africa, and you have to expect really those uh, uh, stance, those positions, to be reflected in, uh, in the TCAD because those countries are co-organizers of uh, TCAD. So personally, I will not really interpret this as being a shift in the position of Japan, but I will take it uh, as a shift in the position of uh, different players co-organizing uh, TCAD alongside uh, with uh, Japan. That is really my uh, reading of uh, what is going on. Japan has traditionally followed an aid model similar to that of Europe, uh, but indications are that TCAD 7 um, might signal a shift to a different form of engagement, um, one that more directly addresses some of Japan's strategic priorities in Africa. So um, what are these priorities, actually? Okay, some of the priorities of Japan um, can be easily understood by looking into what is happening in, in, in Japan. So in Japan, currently, when it comes to uh, Japan-owned uh, um, economic development, we have two features that uh, should be of interest of not only uh, those uh, doing research on Japan, uh, but, but international uh, uh, development uh, stakeholders. One is the uh, demographic uh, decline, so the aging uh, society uh, that is really affecting Japan more than other industrialized countries. The second is the shrinking domestic market in Japan, which is also related to the um, uh, demographic changes. And um, the combination of these two is, uh, to some extent, weakening the position of Japan as uh, the uh, de facto leaders in, of Asia. And to compensate on that, Japan needs really to find at least um, an external market through which the uh, economic power of Japan can be maintained or even uh, strengthened. And then when you look at the different developing countries uh, or market nowadays, Asian market is uh, rapidly uh, emerging, is rapidly uh, expanding, and China is already occupying much of the emerging market in, in Asia. And Latin America is traditionally not really a destination for um, Japanese uh, 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 export. And the competition with the United States there uh, make it very hard for Japan to really uh, seriously consider uh, expanding into the region. 
And then the only markets left, which is still new, which is still untapped, which is still underdeveloped, where uh, Japan have a chance, both in terms of uh, uh, market as well as in terms of uh, sources of uh, primary commodity, of raw materials, is Africa. And then it makes sense from economic point of view that Japan uh, starts seriously uh, thinking or considering African uh, markets, African countries, in terms of true partners, no longer in terms of uh, donor and recipient relationship as it used to be uh, the case uh, until the last uh, decade. So that is in except explaining uh, why Japan is uh, seriously reconsidering or redefining uh, its uh, economic relationship with uh, the African continent. So in economic terms, that makes a lot of sense, where Japan sees a potential market, it sees opportunity in Africa, it wants to reshape the relationship. I guess my question is, is there a broader vision here? So the Chinese have the Belt and Road Initiative. A lot of people are criticizing it. It's corrupt. It's big. It's unwieldy. It doesn't really have a, a core set of values necessarily, but it's there. And in many ways, it is providing shape to Chinese foreign policy in ways that the United States does not have shape to its current foreign policy. And somehow the Japanese feel equally adrift a little bit. I'm going to ask you a question later on about the Africa-Asia Growth Corridor. We're going to talk about the Indo-Pacific and some of these other terms that have really been brought by the United States to put some definition on Japanese foreign policy and their place in the world. But I guess I'm wondering, is there anything similar to Belt and Road that the Chinese, uh, that the Japanese have in terms of providing an outline of what their vision is beyond just the economics? Or is it really just about changing an economic relationship, either in aid or in trade? No, I think it's, it's the, 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 the latter rather than the former, because until now, Japan has, even when we look at from the uh, diplomatic point of view, Japan hasn't been able to formulate um, a diplomatic agenda or framework in its uh, dealing with Africa. And, and then this is, this is one of the, uh, the core, I will say, the main weakness of even the, this framework of TICAT altogether. is because it's really the ownership to what extent is Japan owning this TICAD is really a question in itself. So how much of the TICAD agenda is specifically addressing Japanese own interests and then how much is addressing Japanese diplomatic and uh, geopolitical partners' interests? Sometimes it's really not clear cut. As a result, it has been very difficult for some African countries to deal with Japan because of that kind of uh, blur uh, borderline between what is essentially Japanese, what is uh, the indirectly the influence of agenda of Japanese uh, uh, partners or co-organizer of TICAD. Support for this podcast comes from the Africa Channel Reporting Project at Wits University School of Journalism in Johannesburg. The ACRP provides reporting grants, workshops, and other professional development opportunities for both African and Chinese journalists. Follow the ACRP on Twitter at WitsChinaAfrica or visit africachinareporting.co.za for information about grants and upcoming seminars. 
sometimes when I speak with Japanese diplomats, um, I hear them expressing concern over China's Belt and Road Initiative and it's, you know, this kind of big rollout of Chinese influence. But at the same time, I've also heard in the past the mention of the possibility of Japanese companies cooperating with Chinese companies on BRI projects in Africa. Um, where, how do you think Tokyo sees the BRI? Is it more commercial? Or is it more geopolitical? No, for, for definitely Tokyo seeing it as um, geopolitical more than anything else. And honestly speaking, it's a uh, mostly geopolitical, it's a geopolitical tools, or I will put it in this way, it's a geopolitical vision uh, using economic platform or economic framework. So to materialize Chinese geopolitical ambition, China find a much better way of putting it in economic terms. So that is what it is. And nobody will fool themselves by seeing it as uh, something else. That it's a geopolitical vision framed or materialized in economic terms. And Japan see it in, in, in that way. And on, on that, I personally believe that is the correct uh, perspective uh, uh, that Japan is uh, seeing uh, the uh, BRID initiative. Well, on the geopolitical side of things, there's some interesting changes that are going on now. And the United States presence in Asia uh, seems to be changing right now. And the politics are changing very quickly. And so what we see, the tensions between Korea and Japan now, many people attribute to a diminished U.S. role that used to kind of bring those two together in opposition to both North Korea and in some ways to keep an eye on China as well. Uh, that is going away. And what we saw in the last summit between Prime Minister Abe and Xi Jinping was a, a warming a little bit. And what I mean by this is if you look at the pictures and the body language of these two leaders over the years, normally uh, they shake hands, but they're looking away. They look really dour. They look really angry. They don't want to be there. And they're kind of putting on a show for the world to say, we're just doing this because we have to. In the last photo session that they had, and I forget exactly when the summit was, there was a hint of a smile. They weren't actually looking away from each other. They were looking more towards the camera. And if those body language images show us anything, that there is a little bit of a rapprochement, a tiny amount, especially because as the U.S. market now becomes more inaccessible to the Chinese, they may start looking to the Japanese market as an option to backfill some of, their, uh, some of that opportunity for them. My point here is that Africa presents a very interesting area of converged interest between the Chinese and the Japanese in an area that they can build on mutual trust. Now, every year, the Japanese float this idea of, let's work together with the Chinese on development projects. Despite the fact that the Japanese put these ideas out there, I have never seen any interest on the part of the Chinese to do that. So I guess I'm wondering, kind of picking up on the geopolitics and where these oversect and overlap with one another, do you think there's an opportunity in the future that they may see African development as a way to improve and soften some of the tensions that exist in the geopolitical relationship? Okay, um, on purpose, we can say yes, uh, because there has been uh, at least public statements. Uh, there have been um, a kind of uh, expression of interest on both sides for 
joining hands when it comes to African uh, development. And uh, just before getting uh, deeper into your uh, question, uh, I should just mention that personally, I've been involved in uh, the, uh, the China DAC, uh, OECD DAC study group. And, and that initiative that started in 2010 to 2012 uh, was aimed at bringing together not only China and Japan, but trying to find a way or the best way that OECD uh, DAC countries can join China and work together when it comes to African development. And then we were able to identify different uh, uh, level through which cooperation, collaboration can take uh, uh, place. One could be not only really a mater the materialization of project in Africa, but the redefinition of what should be the priority of different international donors or actors uh, when it comes to African development. And then there have been exchange of information at, among the, uh, at least the JICA, the Japan International Cooperation, Cooperation Agency and the Minister of uh, Commerce in China, in which myself, I was part uh, in those years, in the early uh, 2010 and 2012 years. There have been exchange of information. This in itself is a form of cooperation. And then coming back to your question, I think Japan and China has been already cooperating when it comes to African uh, uh, development. When you look at the um, structure of uh, production in Asia, different companies, especially Japanese companies, have moved uh, their production uh, 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 line to China. The assembly lines have been completely moved to China. And when you look at in the past, for example, 24 years ago, most of these companies used to import raw material from Africa and then start the process of transformation in Japan and start the process of uh, making part and component in Japan and then building the end product in Japan and then export them or sell them in a domestic market. Most of these companies have moved the assembly line in China. By moving their assembly line in China, they don't need to import raw material to Japan anymore. The raw materials are being imported by their uh, suppliers in China. And this is a form of joint cooperation that we don't see directly because evidence are very difficult to come up with. But this is really reality that when you observe the way the uh, business is being done in Asia, when you look at into what you call redirection of international trade, you will find that this is really obvious. And when it comes to cooperation uh, on African development, this is one step which is already taking place in Asia. But now, it will take time for both countries to shift, for example, developing mining sites investing into some mining project in Africa and so that they can import those uh, mineral resources directly to China or whatever it could be. Next step, it could be Vietnam or Bangladesh or Malaysia and starts the first uh, stage of transformation of those 
uh, raw materials uh, in, in Asia. So this is already happening in, in small scale, but in the future is going to happen at much uh, larger scale as the production cost in China is increasing. This is going to happen in at a uh, much uh, uh, faster uh, pace. So you are going to be speaking at TCAD. Yes. At yes. the event, what are you going to talk about? I will be talking about the uh, exactly what I have answered in your question: how cooperation can be strengthened among ASEAN key players interested in supporting uh, African development, especially in terms of businesses and less in terms of ODA, official development assistance, but in terms of joint investment and uh, international trade and integrated with uh, intra-regional trade and business in Asia. So I will be looking into how the global value chain led by Asia can be uh, put at the driver's seat when it comes to the uh, Asian economic interaction with uh, uh, African countries. One of the things I've heard you talk about in the past, and and you've uh, touched on it here a little bit, is this idea that both Japan and China have pretty clear visions of what they want from Africa. But yet African leaders sometimes don't necessarily have a clear vision of what they want from these Asian countries or sometimes even from other countries like Turkey or Russia or whatnot. And I also want to bring your attention to a column that was in the Uganda Daily Monitor by Julius Kapwebwe, and he is the head of the Ugandan uh, Debt Network. And one of the things that he was calling for was more harmonization, in this case among East Africans when they go to TCAD, but also, and this has been a call we've heard for a long time, that rather than country by country going to these summits, that groups regionally or even continental groups go to negotiate better deals and have an integrated solution rather than piecemeal one by one by one. Talk to us a little bit about the African agenda at TCAD and what we can expect to see, what we should see, and what we will see. Sometimes they're not always the same. So talk to us a little bit about what to expect from the African side coming to TCAD. Okay, so African countries are coming to TCAD, as you have uh, roughly put it, um, as individual countries rather than as a bloc. And uh, as in the previous uh, TCAD editions, most of African countries, they come to TCAD the same way they often go to FOCAC. They will be attending this event to listen to what Japan and uh, other co-organizers have for Africa on the table. This is really one of the biggest, uh, my criticism of all of these uh, international venues on African uh, development. Normally, African countries should have initiated this event themselves and then inviting their international partners to attend this event. And they should have a clear agenda designed by themselves. Then, then during those, if this sort of event, the, one of the issues will have been to discuss their own predefined agenda. This is not the case. When you look at just, let's see what happened in the, the case of China, especially in the 90s, at the, by the end of 1980s and the 90s. The Chinese was designing their own development agenda. The five years plan that they still develop. And then whenever, for example, partners like the World Bank 
which used to provide limited technical assistance. The World Bank was not really initiating taking the lead in defining the team of the uh, meetings and the agenda of what should be the priority for the Chinese development agenda. But China was developing everything in its own terms based on what we, China or the Chinese leadership used to see as priorities in line with their own political agenda and geopolitical agenda and all the international partners involved they were just coming and then fitting into what the Chinese was defining and they were just coming with different proposal in terms of this is what how we can fit how our cooperation can fit into your agenda but in African case it's just the opposite happening and this in itself is a problem. Why? Because the implementation of some of these policies, some of the proposal is simply not feasible when it comes to many of the African countries. Countries should have institutional capabilities to materialize some of the ideas, the project broad recommended by uh, international partners. Half of, or I will say more than half of African countries don't have institutional capabilities or sometimes not even human capacity to put in place, materialize some of the policy uh, uh, proposal put in place by uh, gatherings, international uh, 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 venues such as TICA. They don't have. This is a problem that have been discussed internally uh, in, in the run to, uh, during the preparation for TCAD, these are some of the discussions that uh, have been taking place here in Tokyo. And the problem still remain, and it's very difficult for donor country to take care of everything, including the uh, capacity development that African countries should prepare themselves and, 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 and some of the agenda that they should uh, define on their own. It's very difficult. Yeah, I'd like to close our discussion today on what you expect to actually come out of this conference. Now, I we're going to see a final communique that's going to have a lot of money attached to it, billions of dollars that are going to be assigned for development. That is, of course, what a lot of people will define the success. And they'll also measure that against the Chinese. In fact, when I was talking about TCAD on Twitter, uh, a lot of people said, oh, 2.8, 4 billion, whatever the numbers are that are going to come out of it, a pale in comparison to the 60 billion that come out of the FOCAC. And I don't think that's necessarily the right benchmark to determine success or failure. We're going to see a lot of mention of debt and high quality and the sustainability of debt. And that's going to be a little bit awkward, I think, for a lot of the leaders who will be attending uh, TCAD because they are the ones who have approved the debt. So, uh, you know, people like Paul Bia are going to going to go to Tokyo or Yokohama in this case. And uh, there's going to be all this criticism of excessive Chinese debt. And he's part of the reason why there is that excessive Chinese debt. So I always find that to be a rather unusual, awkward kind of statement. It does reflect the anxiety that the U.S., Japan and some of the donor community has about the Chinese engagement strategy in Africa. But again, African leaders are also complicit in all of this. So I want to find out from you what you're expecting to be the outcomes. What should we expect to walk away from uh, from TCAD after TCAD 7 wraps up next week? 
I think um, based on what I know, what uh, I've been part of, the things to pay, aspect to pay attention to should be the involvement of business because this time there will be so many Japanese companies uh, attending the event and uh, the organizers have uh, invested a lot in terms of making it possible for uh, African delegations to interact with uh, Japanese companies to have enough time and space to discuss different kind of deals and um, many different kind of technical documents have been prepared, uh, which are gonna be shared uh, both with Japanese companies and uh, African delegations. And so if there are gonna be something uh, a little bit original or hopeful, that will be um, the uh, outcome of the uh, discussions and interactions between African delegations and uh, Japanese uh, businesses. Jean-Claude Maswana is a professor of economics at the University of Tsukuba and one of the leading thinkers on Japan, Africa, and even China cooperation and development. He's a development economist there. He's been in Japan for a very, very long time. Uh, one of the smartest people out there, and you can follow him on Twitter, where he posts a lot of commentary on these types of things. Uh, Professor Maswana, what's your Twitter name that people can follow you and to see what you're reading and writing these days? So my Twitter name is uh, JC, uh, as Jean-Claude, so JC in capital letter. And Maswana with uh, M in capital letter, M A S W A N A. I cannot recommend enough to follow Professor Maswana on Twitter. Uh, again, uh, some very interesting things. That's where I found him for our conversation today, and so happy we did it. I wish you the very best at the upcoming TCAD Summit, and thank you so much for joining us today on the China in Africa podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the show. Kobus is actually going to be in uh, Yokohama for the TCAD Summit. And so we're going to get his feedback and his reactions on uh, on what's going on. We'll post those uh, all throughout the week while he's in Japan. And so we hope to follow this. This is a very important event, and we hope that we can bring a little bit of nuance to the discussion about the Japan-China-Africa relationship. So for Kobus van Staden, I'm Eric Olander. Thank you so much for listening. The discussion continues online. Head over to facebook.com slash China Africa Project to share your thoughts on today's show. The guys are also on Twitter, where you can find Kobus at Stadinsky or Eric at E. Olander. And be sure to sign up for the weekly China and Africa email newsletter by going to www.chinaafricaproject.com. <laughs>